You're listening to a Big Finish production. Twelve are they, the circle round. If power you seek, they must be found. Look for where the thirteenth lies. Mount aloft the one who flies. The hours are they that circle round. Thirteen you have surely found. The one who flies is Father Time. This spell's undone. The treasure's thine. Ah, <laughs> oh, a cat weasel there. <sighs> This is the Big Finish Podcast, official release date, 28th of January, 2018. Hold on to your oh, metaphor. I haven't said Cunic and oh. Benji, sorry. I forgot. I just forgot the thing. Cunic and Benji. Hold on to your metaphorical audio hats. It's time for podcastery of the highest order. From we happy few at Big Finish Productions. The people who bring you the best audio drama and audiobooks in this demi quadrant of the Cosmosphere. I'm Benji Clifford, and he is Nick Briggs. And I can prove it. I hope you can, otherwise, there will be a court case followed by a swift <laughs> arrest. No, the arrest to be before. Either way, you'd be in trouble. But how yeah. can you prove it? By speaking aloud the sacred seven truths of Big Finish. And what are they, brother Nick? Well, I <laughs> can't have two cat weasels, hold on. That's never stopped me before. Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, The Avengers, The Prisoner, The Omega Factor, Survivors. Uh, it's, it's more than seven, Nick. It's, uh, you know, well, I, I lied. Uh, <laughs> there, are, there are many more truths of Big Finish. Seemingly countless audio things, including classic stuff like Dracula, Frankenstein, the Phantom of the Opera, I won't sing the tune, uh, the works of Shakespeare, H.G. Wells, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, loads of stuff. Check us out at bigfinish.com. And as some of you may have grown to expect, this podcast will be packed with all your favourite regular features. That's news, listeners' emails, our guest star interview, oh, the randomoid selectatron, a roundup of our latest releases, and a fifteen-minute tease of our favourite latest productions. That's favourite. Right. Favourite wasn't even in that sentence. I, know, I, I made it, it lo- up. It was a lovely addition. Favourite. <laughs> Keep it, it in. A, uh, let's ki- let's use it a lot. Uh, that's favourite right and our favorite guest star favorite interview is with burn favorite gorman who plays owen favorite in torchwood it's quite a coup for us that uh, these in april's full cast audio drama release believe let's have a listen to the trailer for that actually coming soon from big finish productions torchwood believe 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 this is my message to the world. The stars are waiting. They think that mankind is at a dead end here on Earth and that we should leave it all behind. Go away. Just go away. My name is Gwen Cooper. I'm here to help. You're such an idiot. Every step of the way you've made it worse. Look at what we've done here. They've been listening for years and watching and waiting. We need to look into this. I'm from out there. I've seen the future they're talking about, lived it. Don't give up on this. That's what they're stealing from these people. Lives. Do 
you think you deserve the stars? I just... Everyone has their secrets, don't they? The universe provides. The universe is home. We are made from stars. And stars return. I am the future! Praise Captain Jack Harkness. Big finish. We love stories. You're Torchwood. Oh, that's a secret. Yes, yes, we are. Nice. Lots been going around there on the old social media. Lovely little, uh, little funky animated believe stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You'll be seeing a lot of that, I expect. And uh, this week, then, our 15-minute drama tease is from our Doctor Who short trips range. So Nicola Bryant, as you may well know, as the Doctor's companion, Perry, performs The Authentic Experience. A sick doctor story written by Dan Starkey. Yes, Strax the Santaran uh, got himself a keyboard and then got typing. And here's a sneaky preview. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who Short Trips, The Authentic Experience. Perry's heels clanked along the gunmetal balcony on which the TARDIS had materialised, and she stopped to look down at the concourse of the spaceport below. Hordes of commuters swarmed from one transmat station to the other, some breaking away from the crowd and dashing in neurotic shoals, others trudging with a more unenthused, fatalistic air. Fast and bustling, it reminded her of being back in New York, of Grand Central Station at rush hour, but with significantly less grandeur. So Pesky yes. typewriters, sorry. <laughs> so yes, all that is coming up later. In the meantime... Guess what? Is this the ruddy news, Nick? It flipping well is, Benji. Welcome to our desk of news. And the first item in my rather snazzy in-tray is the news that Louise Jameson will be appearing as a special guest at our Big Finish Day 2018 convention in Derby at the Quad on the 3rd of November this year. Yes, Louise is one of our favourite people. You'll know her as legendary fourth Doctor companion Leela, and you may also know her as Dr Anne Reynolds in The Omega Factor, which I'm working on at the moment, and just explained to Benji that I've had a technical issue and lost the middle third of some music Ugh. in episode three. It's very annoying, so I have to do all that again uh, so sorry if it's laid out uh, yes the Omega Factor uh, but we also know uh, Lou as a talented writer and director she's written episodes of Survivors and the Omega Factor for us and she's directed some Doctor Who and of course she's created and directed the first of our Big Finish originals Atta Girl here's one of my favourite bits of Lou uh, uh, well not, not just her and me having a chat uh, in a podcast from way back Louise Jameson, you are laughing at, at the pop shield on my recorder. It looks like a very furry condom. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's been recorded for posterity. Uh, <clears throat> How are you doing, Lou? I'm great. How are you? And mention of Attergirl there, which brings us back nicely to the subject of Big Finish Originals. So you mm. may remember that last week we launched this brave new Big Finish range of original audio dramas. Big Finish Originals! It's <laughs> nondescript vocalisation. Sort of rubbish fanfare there, really. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, just sort of a fanfare, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's one of my many fan, you know, yeah, my you know, fanfare, sort of you know, yeah, it's yeah. a sort of trumpet blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're available for pre-order now. Here's a quick reminder of the titles. At a Girl, out in April, is the story of women pilots in World War II. Cicero, out in May, that's ancient Rome crime stories with Samuel Barnett, you know, don't you? Jeremiah, born in time, out in July. Nigel Planer's time travel extravaganza. Schilling and Sixpence, investigate, out in September. Murder mystery in 1939 with David Warner and Celia Imrie. Blind Terror, out in October. Eve Miles, stars on a horror series. <laughs> A little rest, Mum, that's what you need. Rest. Rest is the last thing I need. While I rest, they move. They get closer. I can feel them already. Oh, can't you feel them? Surely you can. I'm afraid not. Oh, you're blind! Why can't people just open their eyes? No, not eyes. It's deeper than that. Why can't people just know? Please don't upset yourself. Oh, so calm. So reasonable. What's the point of you? You're frozen already. A block of ice in cheap crinoline fussing after people because she has nothing better to do! Is there anything else I... Uh, is there anything else you need, Mum? Were you always like this? Was there ever any heat beneath that pale, dull skin? Maybe that's why he went away to sea. What are you talking about? Your husband, obviously. The dead one? Running away to the ocean to find something better. If you're talking to Master Hodder, I presume. Isaac! Oh, what's he got to do with anything? I know about your husband because I can smell him on you. The ghosts you carry everywhere. How did he die? Did he drown? <gasps> no. The ice. I can see it. He ran away from the ice queen and froze anyway. Oh, we never really escape our fate, do we? <laughs> if that's everything, Mom. Then, out in July 2019, Transference, a crime thriller with a difference. Mm. I wonder if there's a maverick in it. And finally, <laughs> The Human Frontier, my very own science fiction epic, out in August... Uh, nine, uh, 20, I was going to say 1999 uh, <laughs> 2019 I, I can't read numbers I'm so sorry uh, you can buy them individually or in a rather attractively priced bundle mm. oh, lovely stuff the one thing I love about all these originals is it's quite uh, exciting seeing lots of sort of little teams of people working on different things and it's oh, sort yeah. of nice especially if you're on Twitter and you see people excited about all the projects going on and it's lovely. It's just just a lovely little thing to, to witness. Very special Definitely. time, I think. Yes, I think so. And on the subject of, of uh, the originals, last week we gave you a snippet of Atta Girl producer Helen Goldwyn and Atta Girl actor Amy Downham chatting to Nick about the series. So this week we rejoin them for more tantalising inside information. Was it a good atmosphere in the studio? Well, obviously you're going to say yes. You're not going to say it was horrible. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, what, what was it like? Can you describe it, both of you? Well, I can honestly say, obviously I've worked on so many of these dramas with Big Finish and I've loved and adored them all. Um, but because this was my pet project and it was such a labour of love and we put so much research and work into it, um, 
that was a great fulfilling feeling but the atmosphere because everyone was so passionate about the script and the women were so excited to have these three-dimensional roles and and to be playing characters who were not just um hankering after a relationship they were hankering after flying they were passionate about something completely um unusual really in in drama and it was a very electric electrical electrical electric magical vibe I would say on all four days of recording yeah I remember Louise saying it was very efficient <laughs> <laughs> efficient yes because yeah. of all the women that's very sexist <laughs> very sexist <laughs> well and, and Lou was directing wasn't she yeah she was yeah and also playing my mother yeah and she well she's um I know from directing her she's incredibly insightful mm. I don't think I've ever been directed by her um she's very nurturing um, and always make sure that you know that you're in a safe space um, and very encouraging and you know I don't think that she would never say anything that would make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel like you weren't good enough um, I think that's what she's a pro at actually in life as well as a director <laughs> mm. I would say I will you know I observed her directing for the first time in, in this context and I really learned a lot from it because she would be off mic and she would say to those of us in the in the booth oh I don't want him to do it like that and then she would go back on mic and say oh how you were doing it was um in that first bit was brilliant um and and so for the next bit what I'd like is to to just heighten it a little bit you know she would give nothing but positive directives uh, and I really thought that that is quite a skill to to navigate, to never ever say to someone, "I don't like how you're doing it," but to give them a direction that then makes them understand that they need to do it differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I'm learning. Something. <laughs> <laughs> She's the queen. She's the queen of that. She was brilliant at it. What are people going to love about it? Oh, it's full of wit. It's full of warmth. It's full of um, camaraderie. Um, courage vulnerability um all the women have got multifaceted characters and, and their own agendas and stuff going on in the background that's implied there are all sorts of strands they're ready for series two <laughs> <laughs> but i think i really hope that these women with all their flaws and all their positives that people will really know them they will recognize them as being real yeah i think i think it deals with a lot of important issues of that time um, about equality um, and about the time, you know, what what life was like for women at that time um, in the war and out of the war and the differences that men, you know, male pilots and female pilots experienced. And actually by 1943 they were both getting equal pay, which I think is the first time that's ever happened, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. One of, the first for, one of the first... So, you know, I think the important social... It's very relevant to me, anyway, for what's happening at the moment, and, you know, the very... Um, yeah, it's good, good timing for, for it to come mm. out now, I think. Mm. And, it's a, and it is about the potential of women. It's in, inspirational for mm, anyone definitely. in any era, men and women, that, you know, we're all striving to be... Equalists, you know, I prefer that term to, to feminists. We're all striving to be equal and, you know, to see the potential of these women and that they were given that opportunity to, to show that they could fly the same planes as the men in the same, to, with the same degree of courage and skill, um, coming from a background where, where they were not allowed to do anything much at all. I think it just is a great example of, of the great potential of, of women to enhance our society even more. And finally, 
just a remind I put, but I meant reminder. Just a remind. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I, uh, I'm going to champion that phrase. I'm just going to give you a remind. Hi yeah. there. Uh, just a remind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a reminder that Doctor Who Short Trips, The Authentic Experience, is out this week. It's written by Dan Starkey, as, as Benji said earlier, and performed by Nicola Bryant. Brilliant Nicola Bryant. And we're giving you a 15-minute tease of it at the end of this very podcast. Brilliant performance by Nicola, naturally. As I said, she is brilliant. Brilliant Bryant. Uh, and and this week, uh, uh, what am I talking about? I'm just making up the script. And that's the end of the news for this week. Uh, More news will, of course, be along next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to pat the news on the back for delivering some wonderful nuggets, stick it in a shoebox, attach some wheels to it, mm-hmm. and kick it down the road where we'll take it on it. It'll go on a magical ad- advent- adventure. Some, turn up somewhere, won't, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if you know where it's been, uh, let us know. If you don't know where the news is, it'll probably be back next week. <laughs> that was genius. Uh, <clears throat> time now for listeners' emails. Here it comes. Arguably the best bit of the podcast. Emails, emails, emails. I am just so ruddy, crazy, crazy, crazy about them. <laughs> and all you have to do to join us is to email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast, squiggly A, bigfinish, little dot, com. Yeah. And first up then, this one is from Simon Blue. Good name oh, there. Sounds like a bit, very of, good name. bit of a rock star sort of name, you know. Yes, and next Simon up, here's Blue. the single from Simon Blue with Happy Days. Simon Blue Simon Blue. I feel right now. Yeah, <laughs> Hello, Nick and Ben. Hello, Nick and Benji. Uh, I was so excited about the announcement of Gallifrey Time War that I decided to re-listen to one of my all-time favourite stories in the whole existence. Gallifrey intervention earth and gallifrey enemy lines and they are truly the things of beauty that take audio format to a whole new level of epicness Uh, magnificent acting brilliant storytelling astonishing production values and simply gorgeous music and sound design from ian morris and reese downing opening theme is a masterpiece Uh, i just love so many things about these releases from timey-wiminess of the plot to fabulous covers. And I have one question. Will Juliet Landau ever return to play the third Romana? I think she was simply amazing. I don't think there are any plans. I think, you know, we're going with the second Romana at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no plans for that. But yeah, she's brilliant. So there we go. There's the the answer right there from the Briggs's mouth. Uh, (laughs) And one more thing he says here. Just, uh, you know, just one more, one more thing. I mean, yes, a sort of, you know, one more thing. Uh, Just wanted to say thank you for all your Blake 7 releases, especially the Liberator Chronicles. I think this format works very nicely here. Always interesting to explore complicated characters and situations from that perspective. And Blake 7 certainly has lots and lots of complicated characters and situations. Mm -hmm. 
are there any plans to continue the Chronicles? I think it'd be lovely to explore the time with the first two seasons in that format, whilst the latter two enjoying their feast of full cast audios. That there from B Fan for Life, Simon Blue sent from the void beyond the mind. <laughs> Well, Simon, um, I don't know about the Chronicles. I'll have a word with uh, John Ainsworth, who's producing Blake Seven. I think that I think that the full cast adventures proved more popular, and that's what John wants to pursue for the, for a while. But I must, we must have a catch up on the podcast with John. I think anyone, anyone, anyway, <laughs> anyone, anyone, I'll anybody, have a catch up with anyone. anybody, anyone? no, yeah, sort of anyone, really. Yeah, uh, sort of, uh, here's one from James Macaronis. Hey. as soon as i saw that mrs briggs and clifford just writing to say that it's a wild time to be a big finnish listener Woo! uh with the recent war master and fourth doctor stories firing on all cylinders Hurt my arm, that did. And releases like... Oh, sorry, mate. Like Ravenous and the Big Finish Originals to look forward to. Seriously, do you people never sleep? It it often feels like that, James. <laughs> yes. uh, there are, however, some things I've been wondering. Would Big Finish ever revisit the characters from the Sarah Jane adventures? I understand it would never be done lightly, but is it absolutely out of the question? I think it more or less is at the moment. Yeah, I think... I think that's fair to say. Uh, are the rumours true? Are we getting Dalek Empire 5? What rumours? Only the rumours started by me. <laughs> but, you know, well, Jason and David both uh, said to me, you know, they'd like me to do one. But, yeah, uh, uh, I would like me to do another series of Dalek Empire, I mean. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you see what I mean, listeners, I'm sorry yes. about that. You know, sort of uh, didn't say that very well. Sort of didn't. You know, double meaning. I mean, you know, oh, it's don't, uh, don't easily done, you know. Anyway, so I'd love to do it. I, ideas are percolating in the thing that masquerades as a brain that's between my ears. Uh, lastly, says James, but not leastly, I'm curious as to where your brackets excellent, close brackets, take on the prisoner is going. Is there a fallout on the horizon which of course mm-hmm. was the final episode of the original prisoner series or does a still tongue make a happy life oh, a oh, he's got your number any nick he's got your number well if you notice in the second series i kind of do a little bit of fallout in one of the episodes you know uh so you know. i've sort of you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry we are um going slightly bonkers um uh, so I don't think there will be a fallout as such a final episode I'm certainly not planning one for the next box set I'm going to do free for all in the next box set just thought I'd throw that out there anyway he says thank you for taking the time to read these answered or otherwise rock and roll James Coronas my type of sign off on, on a, an email there like it like it cheers like James like it well done James and finally there's one from Andrew Buxton, uh, Buxton. who I hope drinks the water because Buxton mm. spring water is fantastic look at that here he is it's the yeah. Mr Amphibious Nicholas Briggs <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> Shall I tell you a secret about this water? I've been away from this shed for two weeks. It gets so cold. It's the same bottle of water I had two weeks ago in the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. It's just here. It's just, but it's absolutely, even though the heater's on, it's absolutely freezing cold. It's kept. It's not gone yeah. stagnant then. No. 
it's all got algae in it. <laughs> a couple of frogs. That, yeah. Oh, God, goodness me. I told you about that book I was reading about the Battle of Trafalgar. You know, on long voyages, the water supply used to basically be so thick with algae that officers would strain the water through their handkerchief. Oh, that's vile. And, and have to hold their nose. Cunic and Benji. While drinking it. Because it, it was it smelt so foul that to sniff it would make you instantly... Isn't that awful? It's that and in a rough thing. sea as well, you know. I suppose it's that line, isn't it? The, the thin line between sacrifice, you know, death or huge sacrifice of having to drink it. Well, yeah, I mean, because oh, you couldn't drink the salt water without going mad. Um, so, um, yeah. Well, you, you, but you do. You just have to do it, don't you? You have to get yeah, on with it. You have to hold your nose and strain the algae. <laughs> that sounds like a metaphor for something. It's one for a T-shirt, isn't it? If ever I heard <laughs> on hold your nose and strain yes. the algae. We're launching that as a new catchphrase. By the way, you can buy buck-up T-shirts. Absolutely. Cheeky plug. I like. We, we must put the, um, talking of catchphrases, we must put a link in again to that. Oh, you've frozen. The podcast news story. I hope you come back, Nick. Yeah. Otherwise, it will be a, a, oh, hello, hello, hello. You yeah, froze you went, there. You froze. I thought he's looking very intently at me. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of, you know, just sort of. Sort of, you know. Yeah. Where, we, where were we in this sort of uh, email? Uh, so, we were at the start. Oh, yeah, good, we, you just place. said... Hi, Nick and Benji. So, so this is from Andrew Buxton. Hi, Nick and Benji. That's Benji with two eyes there. I like it. That's quite Benji. funky. And because it's next to a J with a dot as well, it's like looks a sort like of... Three. It's like, yeah, a bit of a... Bit of a looks like it's whizzing along. Um, <laughs> Lord, let's, di- let's discuss the eyes in this email. Well, I say you have wonderful eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so three Nick and Benji, lords of the podcast. Lords of the podcast. Needs a bit of organ, doesn't it? It does. Everything uh, needs a bit of organ. I'm emailing to express my thanks and gratitude to Big Finish for introducing me to the world of survivors. Survivors. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Good stuff, good stuff. Survivors. Uh, sort of great, great box set. Uh, you know. Um, before stumbling across the series on the Big Finish website, I'd never heard of this cult classic. Wow. After listening to the free first episode, I was hooked. I bought the original TV series on DVD oh. and had a post-apocalyptic binge. Mm. Funny you should say that because um, my friend Tom is my oldest friend. Uh, pot round the other day, and we normally nine hundred and thirty. He is. He's he, he's in a coffin, and we wheel <laughs> him round every now and then. Uh, but he likes to he likes to watch old cult series when with me and we watch we tend to watch things I introduce him to things that he might not have seen before hmm. and he asked specifically he said oh is I you know you've mentioned survivors before because you worked on it I'd really like to actually see what it's all about hmm. so we sat down and we watched the first episode uh, of survivors which I think is called the four horsemen hmm. uh, and um there were going to be five, but the BBC budgets couldn't Budget quite, cuts, so. yeah. And I think there was a fifth one, but he got lost in the canteen. Um, <laughs> these things happen, you know. Um, but yeah, yes. uh, and then uh, the next day he sent me a text. He said, do you know what? It's really stuck with me, that episode. I've really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to have to get the, bo- you know, get the, the box set and crack on. So if you've not checked out Survivor's both the audios and the TV series, definitely give it a go. Groundbreaking telly. Mm. You, you'll spot mm. quite a few... Well-known people on there. 
So, yes, continuing Andrew's email here, it says, um, I've now worked my way through the Big Finish series to date and have thoroughly enjoyed it. My molecules have been utterly tingled. (laughs) Big Finish has done such a fantastic job of continuing and expanding this British saga. I'm constantly amazed with the way in which fantastic new characters have been entwined and threaded into the lives and journey of the original trio. Well done to all involved. I have uh, one quick question. Will other original characters such as Charles and Pet, played by Dennis Lil and Lorna Lewis in the TV series, ever feature in a Big Finish box set? Thanks again, Andrew Buxton. Hmm. Well, first of all, I must apologise. There's some strange... I don't know whether you've been hearing them. There's some people sort of cutting up bricks or something, building a house. And uh, one of them is sneezing and he keeps going... Ah! <laughs> so you just keep... So it's like... Ah! <laughs> ah! It's just really weird. It's a judo um, going on out there. Yeah. I thought you were going to say... There's man, he's, he's built, you know, he's building a house and he keeps sneezing. And one of them is Dennis Lil. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to come over and record some lines. Um, I don't think there are any plans for that. But I said, you know, it's just one of those answers. I'm, it's just one of those, you know, sort of, just sort of answers. Sort of you know, answer, sort of, you know. Yes. Yeah, nothing of more to be said. Thing. Yeah. That's the, you know, um, good idea. No plans. Wouldn't rule it out. I like Charles. I've, Charles and Pet fun characters Charles real action guy like real mm. man with a plan cunning plan yeah, questionable yes. plans but, but so nevertheless plan, yes. you know I mean, sort of always <laughs> got a plan you know easy <laughs> said and done and well you know there you have it I mean it's the uh, you know end of the emails uh, and what fantastic emails they are so thanks to everybody that sent them in and uh, in, you know what are we going to do with those emails seeing as we talked about survivors what else can we do I'm going to stick it in the saddle bags of my horse uh, oh. and send it on its way look at that sending it it's on its way from White Cross heading towards Plague Riddled London where it will meet Trigger in a tunnel and uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's a Scooby Doo sorry <laughs> <laughs> Survivors, the Hanna Barbera <laughs> version. Raggy! Oh, Raggy! Raggy I'm the plague! Oh, yikes! Time now for our guest star interview. This April, Bern Gorman returns to Torchwood as Owen Harper, and we're very delighted to have him back on board. During the recording, Scott Hancock made time to chat with Bern who talks about the fun and the banter of the team, the love of Torchwood, and how much he's enjoyed working with Big Finish. All conducted at gunpoint. No, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Over to you, Scott. Hello, my name is Scott Hancock. Welcome to this special little edition of the Big Finish podcast, and I'm joined by the wonderful... Bern Gorman. Thank you for calling me wonderful. Well, you are. Thank well, you for coming very in. very nice. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Finish world. Thank you. We've Always a pleasure to be here. Reached the end of a second studio day and we've just sprung a podcast on you. How are you feeling? Good. Exhilarated. Exhausted. In the same, <laughs> in the same t- at the same time. Um, yeah, it's always great fun. Great fun. It's hard to, to, um, to behave. You <laughs> lot. <laughs> we've been doing a lot more tortured. Yeah. Uh, and reunited you with both Naoko and Gareth over the last couple of days. Yeah, it's brilliant. How's that been for you? It's been a blast. It's always nice, uh, you know. We don't we don't really get a chance to see each other much, but it's always very easy to slip back into the characters. Very easy to you know have a bit of banter and whatever. And um, yeah, it, like genuinely, it's it's been really fun. And in terms of you know the scripts and everything, we're sort of channeling that two thousand and 
2007 vibe. Yeah, yeah definitely. Classic team. And- yeah, but it's nice. It's nice going back. In fact, I can't remember, you know, when Owen wasn't dead. So it's quite nice to, to do stuff where he's, you know, still having bodily functions, et cetera, et cetera, and <laughs> enjoying life and stuff. But, um, yeah, like I say, it's, it's actually... You know, I'm really glad that you guys have sort of taken it on and, and, a, and a, that people are still interested in it and that they're, um, you know, there seems to be a, a sort of love of, um, of of Torchwood and its associated, um, you know, programmes. But really, really happy to be working with you guys again. Were, were you expecting the call when you heard Torchwood was coming back on audio? Oh, no. No, absolutely not. I mean, like I've said this before, but Owen was always, you know, we all know what a, what a sort of snarky uh, um, arsehole he is. Um, and, you know, he was the only team never to sort of cross over into Doctor Who because of the tone. Mm. Um, you know, Owen brought a certain tone with him. So I always thought, well, no, it's fine. You know, I was happy to see it go on in its different incarnations. So it's actually really nice to, to slip back into the, those, those shoes again. It's interesting in a sort of studio environment seeing you struggle sometimes with the character, not yeah, in terms of yeah. re- recovering it, but just because he is so unpleasant at times. And yeah, he just your doesn't instinct think, is to try and find he? the niceness in some Yeah, or at least the sense he does some outrageous things and he doesn't think about it. He just doesn't think, you know, in particular, you know, in this particular one of the episodes we did, there's a there's an issue which is, you know, it's it's again, it's a. He's insensitive. He's insensitive and he's inappropriate Mm. and he wants to get the job done at whatever means necessary and that just, you know, that makes him a bit of an arsehole, um, unfortunately. But not you. (laughs) Well, that's debatable. I do remember the first time we had you in, you sort of took James aside and went... Everyone thinks I'm the character, that's, that's don't they? Right. Yeah, people do think I'm a bit like him, unfortunately. it's I've actually had a few scrapes with people going, Oh, you're that knobhead, aren't you? <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, to be honest, like I say, it was always... Um, you know, it was always written really well when we had the original mm. scripts and stuff. So, you know, with Russell T and, and Chris Chibnall and, you know, Joe Lidstone, you know... Great writers. So um, it, it's lovely returning to the characters with new writers, with new ideas and new momentum, new energy. Um, it's just, just really good fun. Is it weird reducing it to the audio medium? Or I, expanding sh- I, it I shouldn't say this, but somehow we can do things which would be very, very, very expensive to do, hmm. like what we've just done today on James's script, this, you know, don't know if we can talk about it, but you know there would be this huge, great, big practical or CGI effect, mm. um, which would take a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of money. And, and, and actually, we can do it in a few scenes, conjure that up. Um, I listen to a lot of radio and a lot of podcasts, and I always find that you know it's um, it's the sort of intimacy of it that I really enjoy. Mm. You know, you can um, go places where you wouldn't necessarily go if you were watching or being prescribed by your TV or film. So yeah. I love doing it. It's great. And I've also realised more and more over the last few days how much of a geek you are, <laughs> particularly when it comes to Doctor Who. When you're cracking Terry Nation, guys, <laughs> yes, I think it's well, fair to say you, you, yeah. you know your stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'll just keep it hidden. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a geek, loud and proud. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just nice being back in the, in the universe again. Yeah, there must be an inclination to sort of do some Who stuff, and particularly with the amount Big Finish is doing, we, there must be something we can get you in to play different, something very non-Owen. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about it again. It's always in the past, the t- 
tone of Owen. I've always thought he doesn't translate. You know, he mm. doesn't transfer. But who knows? You know, I'm really excited about the the, the new incarnation of Who with Jody and with Chris and you know with everyone involved um, on the TV version of it. Um, so who knows? I mean, <laughs> never say never. You know, perhaps uh, you know one day. You guys will have me doing something else, but you know, I'm I'm just happy to be to be along for the ride, really. And uh, there is a format to the Big Finish podcast. Oh yeah, which Nick Briggs likes us to follow. Which are how did we first meet? Uh, what's agitating your molecules in the Big Finish world? What's exciting you, and what is interesting you in the further field of you know popular media, TV and film? So, um, I think it's fair to say we first met on the torture thing a year or so ago. But Nick Briggs, did you ever encounter him in? Lovely Cardiff. I remember seeing Nick at lunchtime and he was sat next to some Sontarans and I definitely knew who he was mm. because of, you know, what he does. But I i don't think we ever worked together. Mm, I, I don't no. think we worked worked together, in certainly in, in down in Cardiff. Then I've seen him round and about, but... um. Because there would have been that mad time when yeah, Doctor Who and yeah, Tortured it, and Sarah Jane were all happening. It was great. Once. It was great. It was quite, you know, it was like the old studio system in Hollywood, mm. except it was in Cardiff. You know, you go to canteen and you'd see this and that. And, you know, we didn't sort of meet that often, but um, you definitely knew, you know, as somebody who loves the show, there was a feeling of real creativity and really sort of... Um, inclusive excitement that we were all working on this you know great big thing together in whatever form that might mm. take and um but no I've, i'm obviously aware of nick's work and in terms of big finish how aware of you of the sort of output i'm very aware of big big finishes output i i you know i don't often say start at the beginning mm. and go okay well i'm gonna go with this particular doctor you know um but i sort of actors love working with you you know you get great actors in it's a great vibe here it's very easy um i don't mean the work is easy i just mean that the you know the, the atmosphere you create is easy so you know on one day you'll have you know sheridan smith in and then the next day you'll have you know somebody else in it's um uh, it feels like a bit of a a bit of a top class rep you know mm. it really does and um so yeah i'm i'm always glad to be part of that you know and in terms of the wider world, what's, what's entertaining you at the moment? Are there any TV programmes or...? Yeah, my kid is 11 now. So uh, he's uh, he introduced me to Rick and Morty. And um, I was... Uh, I thought that would be the other way around. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. He's, he's way ahead of me now. He was like, Dad, Dad, uh, I think you'd like this. Uh, Dan Harmon's involved. And I was like, yeah, yeah, OK. Um, so, yeah, that's what, that's what I, my current... Uh, what I'm currently laughing at, really, but um, yeah, I don't know. Apart from that, I just keep my try and keep my finger on the pulse. But there's so much now, you know, mm. so much now. That's it, Netflix. Mind Hunter. Have you come across that? Yeah, you mentioned Netflix. this yesterday. Yeah, you got to see this. And I got it confused with Mindhorn, which <laughs> yeah. was the <laughs> yeah, uh, no, Julian both Barrett of them together. Thing, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we keep getting you back as Owen, which is really exciting. Is yeah. there anything you'd like us to do with Owen and Torture Range that we haven't already? The scenes that I really respond to are the ones where it is a one-on-one -on -one mm. with a member of the team or, you know, PC Andy or whatever, where we're actually kind of, you know, shooting the bleep, as it were. And where you allow the, the, the 
sort of idiosyncrasies of the characters to come through. Owen's kind of snarky, whatever. But they do actually connect. You know, they're just talking about, you know, about trivial stuff. Mm. That's what I like. I like that feeling of they're a team, you know, they work together, they see each other all the time. And there's, you know, there's a sort of banter, but there's also a real fondness and, and I, dare I say it, love between them, um, which, you know, you either get or you don't on a job. Sometimes you click with the actors, sometimes you don't. Um, and, but on this particular, you know, particular uh, mothership, I think we all had a great time doing it. So we've got great, very, very fond memories of it. And, and, and also we, we really misbehaved and, and had good time. You still do. Sure. Yeah. But we also take it incredibly seriously mm. and we really respect everyone who's involved, the, the creatives, from the top to the bottom, really. Um, long may it continue. On that note, <laughs> that lovely heartfelt note, uh, Ben Gorman, thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, dude. And now crisps. <laughs> Lovely chap. Nice to know he's aware of my work. That was nice of him to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and now we move from one piece of work to another, as it's time to return to the randomness as we delve into the Big Finish archives with the randomoid Selectatron. That is, that we press a button to find out the entirely random release will be recommended for you today. So cue that epic music. Oh, right, OK. Let me get the browser up. Get the browser. Oh, now you're going to the uh, uh, Hannah Newman's site. I am indeed. Hannah Newman's wonderful site. The button has been pressed. What have you got? And it is one of your bits of work. Oh, that's It is Human Resources. Human resources. Part one, but I suppose we'll count part one and two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Human resources was by Eddie Robson. And it's when I just, it was before I became executive producer. uh, I was uh, just producer of the the Paul McGann, the new Paul McGann range then, um, which was this whole thing that we, uh, uh, it was pre-purchased by uh, Radio 7 at the time it's called BBC 7 I think they're called and then they rebranded to Radio 7 that's BBC Radio 4 Extra uh, who I do some announcing for actually now um, and, which, which um, you phoned me from the other day <laughs> yes I did <laughs> I actually <laughs> what do you want I'm, I'm really is, you have to make it quick I'm, I'm in the middle of something that's what, what, what do you want uh, you phoned me <laughs> <laughs> oh oh did I oh sorry <laughs> I was just sitting down to do my announcing and my producer was looking at me like, what are you doing making a phone call? Like, so it wasn't me. And then you said, it was you. I went, oh. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Oh, that oh. was really weird. Sorry about that. But that was <laughs> that day I did several things like that because I also did, I was, I was putting on my coat in the rain or something and I, I was holding my phone and desperate not to drop it and I squeezed it really hard and found that by doing that, it caused the police. No. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. It went, yeah. And then a voice said, which emergency service do you require? I went, what? No, nothing. I've just accidentally said, <laughs> please end this call now. Oh, God. I did it. I did it the other day because I found out that, that you could do that. And me being sort of stupid. I thought, oh, you can do that. It did the holdy down thing. And of course, it made the, the weird siren noise. And it goes, oh, oh, it's horrible. It's like you've just trod on several cats. You know, yeah, and then, you trot on one cat, and then you think, "Oh goodness!" You get out of the way, <coughs> and you move, and there's another one behind you, and then another one. 
Oh, where you step, there are cats and police. Police cats. Police cats. The floor is definitely made of cats. The <laughs> those police are real cool cats. Oh. Anyway, yes, human resources. Uh, it was the final two-part story of the first Paul McGann, Sheridan Smith, Eighth Doctor, and Lucy season. I have such incredible memories of this story. I don't know what where to go first. Um, I suppose the first thing is that uh, Eddie Robson's writing just grabbed my brain by its throat. Please note, brains do not have throats. And uh, it's this voice that just points out the ludicrousness of everything I say. That was very ludicrous. I was, uh, you know, it was a rip-roaring thing. There was no ripping or roaring. Um, so, uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, it, was sort yeah. of, uh, it was just sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, so I, I was very, I was working very, very hard and, and working very long days then to really get this series up and running. And so sometimes, you know, I would think, well, I'll try and read this script tonight, but I'll probably get nod off while I'm reading it, you know, and I'll just tackle it in the morning, but I'll give it a go. And I started reading it and, you know, two hours later, I was even more awake because Eddie, it was just great. The combination of fascinating plot, brilliant ideas, superb dialogue, great stuff. And uh, and Lucy and Paul did a fantastic job on it. Uh, we also had uh, Nicholas Grayson playing a Time, time Lord called uh, Straxus, which we created before Strax the Sontaran. Um, but it's a shame that they sort of sound a bit similar. Uh, it, their names, I mean, not their voices. And Nicholas Grace, lovely chap, absolutely brilliant. And Roy Marsden, who it turns out, you know, we booked him and then I went to record the uh, Jadoon episode in Cardiff. And uh, and then Roy Marsden said, I'm coming to work for you uh, in a couple of days' time. <laughs> I thought, oh, of course, so you are, yeah. And um, Katerina Olsen, um, who played the headhunter, who's such a class act. And I keep saying we really must. She sort of left the acting profession to bring up some children, but she said she'll come back and do stuff. So really must... I keep saying to her, get her back in to do something. I must do that. So, so many beautiful, fond memories and such a... Um, uh, I'm really happy with the end result. I would I always think, say with... I with think I did direct it, didn't I? You did I direct, direct it, it yeah. yeah. I think with the, the human resources, for me, the name feels so familiar. It seems like one of those sort of quintessential big finish releases. Like, you know, ones that you... So I can't. I can't. I sort of know what I mean in the sense that it's one of those names. It pops up, and you think, "Yeah, that was a really good, solid, big finish release." Oh, sort of, lovely. and like an automatic thing. So it's definitely one to check out. And uh, really fascinating ideas, and lots of uh, uh, interesting sort of humorous bits as well. I just noticed that, uh, of course, we had Louise Fullerton playing Karen, who was a fantastic character, who we brought back because she was just so good. Uh, and then the last time we brought Karen back in the Eight Truths, I think it was. Uh, Louise Fullerton had decided, even though being a superb actress and a lovely human being, she decided to leave the acting profession the week before we recorded and so suddenly pulled out. So we had to recast the role and we had all sorts of plans for that character, but they never really took off because Louise just left the acting profession. That's sad. Which I have to say, I was furious about at the time. <laughs> I, I, did, I sent her quite an unpleasant email and she said, oh, well, blah. I said, well, I can't, you know, I understand you've made this decision, but I can't say I'm happy with it or that you haven't dropped us right in it. 
bless her though i hope she's doing fantastically well with whatever she's doing andy wishers in it who is michael the late michael wishers son who again we must get back in he did write to me not that long ago lovely chap i used to love his dad as well we had great great fun times with michael wisher and his many anecdotes so yeah what the thing i haven't done benji is cued the trailer and i think we should hear Absolutely. the trailers for both parts of human resources whacked together i think yeah these trailers actually came they are based on the radio 7 trailers that martin montague who worked there he used to do the the trailers uh for these for radio 7 and uh, and he he gave them to me and i changed them and put the doctor who theme on the stuff i think they had pop music on <laughs> as done on the radio <laughs> but anyway uh have a listen to these trailers in the next episode of doctor who Hello, admin. Lucy Miller speaking. It's a bit odd, this place, isn't it? You tried opening your window yet? Yes, it didn't. Think about it. When did you last go home? Can't remember. We never went. We just thought we did. Something's not right here. Lots of things aren't right here. Are you the security guy? <coughs> Why are the doors locked? <coughs> oh, it's like that, is it? Are the others brainwashed or conspiring against you specifically? Why are we locked in? <coughs> I feel like you're going to say, tune in next week to find out. Stuff that. Let's find out now. What do you say? Yeah, go on. I've not got much on. them. Why would it be them? In the next episode of Doctor Who... Hello. Lucy. It's him. He's been fighting the Cybermen, and by trying to sabotage him, I've accidentally gone and helped them. Don't mention it. So, are you going to let me go? No. Oh, go on. They were human ones, but now they're cyborgs. More machine than man. And they're not nice, then? Not remotely. We need raw material to convert into cybermen. Albert's going to help them invade the Earth. Tell us what the device is. You'll have to kill me, I'm afraid. Destroy him. Doctor, he's still there. Do you remember when you first heard Human Resources? It's a long time ago for you, isn't it? It's 2007. You were probably only 13 or something. I was, I was very young, yeah. I, I was quite shocked it was 2007 because it's one of those ones it almost feels like the original run, but it's not. It's newer than I actually thought it was. I can't remember. It was definitely a long time ago. I'm talking that I must have been... Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, sort of, yeah. yeah. Possibly at college at the time. Right. I think it's the likelihood, yeah. God, funny, isn't it? Time flies. I can't believe it's, yeah, weird. But it's a cracking, but this was, yeah. cracking story, though. That's the thing. Oh, I, was, I loved those scripts for that series. That was, uh, that was the first time I'd produced a series of Doctor Who for Big Finish. Really? And uh, it was a huge, yeah, yeah. I mean, I directed and produced Dalek Empire and stuff. But, yeah, actually taking this on board with uh, Alan Barnes and Barnaby Edwards. Uh, Barney did all the casting and half the directing, you know. I don't mean we said alternate words to the actors. Or, <laughs> or now on to episode two and Barney's doing this. Um, yeah, alternate scenes. Yeah. I tell you what, stories, I love with this, I'd love, especially Human Resources Part 2, absolutely love um, Alex Mallinson's cover art. I think that is oh, thi yeah. a thing of beauty. I mean, because especially those types Let's of have another look. Those types of Cybermen, you don't see an awful lot of, uh, of, I suppose photos and nice, you know, like high quality things. But that is gorgeous. Well, he recreated it in, in CGI. I gave him a nightmare over that because it, <laughs> it kept not looking right, and I kept sending it back and saying, "No, 
Look at a photograph. Get it right. <laughs> Come on, man. Buck up. Alex Mallinson. Lovely, very talented Alex Mallinson, who uh, I'm still in touch with. I'm very, very pleased to say. He came over for lunch. That's when we had... Did I mention that? No. That's when we had a ghost dinner. I know I told you about oh, it. Oh, the, the ghost podcast. dinner. Yeah, the ghost dinner. The, the roast dinner without any meat. Um, anyway, there you are. Human resources. That's the most I've ever said in a... In a it was a good one, though. Today. You know, that's a... It's a Paul McGann and Sheridan Smith story there, which if you've not heard those two together, um, you really... You need to buck up and get on your big finish because... Yeah, when they met, it was my day. <laughs> so there we have it. Human resources, part one and part two. Uh, you can get them on the big finish website. having a look and seeing where we are you know and so as the podcast rockets along the track into the tunnel of doom with who knows what lurking in the darkness it's just time for nick to round up what's out there for you to listen to tomorrow right now right now <laughs> not now no mm. Get in the Diary of River Song series three, starring the. F- I don't know why I wrote Get in. Get in. Uh, get in. Starring the Fifth Doctor, Peter Davidson. <laughs> Davidson, sorry. Uh, the incomparable Alex Kingston is just so so brilliant in this. As always, uh, we gave you a fifteen-minute preview of it last week, so you know. Go on, enjoy enjoy your ear experience. Ear experience. <laughs> Uh, the Fourth Doctor, Series 7, Box Set 1. What a collection of great adventures. Yeah, Getting superb reviews. Brilliant stuff with Vok robots. A weird hospital where nothing is as it seems. <laughs> and, some, <laughs> and some mysteriously, seriously, not mysteriously, seriously, cyberpunk alien action. How can you resist Tom Baker? Don't miss it. Peter Davison and his gang, you know. He's a famous gang member um, <laughs> on superb form in Kingdom of Lies. Tegan, Adric, Nissa, brilliant. Uh, what a rip-roaring caper this one is. And Blake 7, Crossfire Part 2 and Blake 7, The Way Ahead. It's, it's like it's the 40th anniversary of Blake 7 or something. Full mm. cast, pure vintage space adventure. Love it. And there you go. And thanks for that, Nick. So just before we launch into the first 15 minutes of our short trips adventure, the authentic experience narrated by the superbly, utterly superb Nicola Bryant, we must do a trailer for this podcast. Oh, yes, that's right. I think right. it's... Let's I think. Our... Yes, well, quite. Quite, yes. Stop the move. I'm so, just going to gather my, my thoughts and have a sip of water. Yeah. Yeah, this is our trailer, yeah. You know, might have, might join for a trainer. Yeah, you know. I had a lunch today with three different types of hummus. They said we're trying something new, three different types of hummus. But there was like less bread, so it's got this mass of hummus and no bread to eat it with. It didn't have that horrible sort of pinky hummus. I'm not, it did. You, you know the type. Oh, I don't. I'm not, just it, don't it like it. It doesn't look nice, does it? No, it's a bit. Tastes of a, it's nice. An odd one. I, I liked. I liked the taste. I like. I don't mind it. I wouldn't. It's I one of those things, taste. you know. I wouldn't I pick it, but I like. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But three times as much hummus. 
I thought you were going to look at me thinking I was some kind of like really uncultured person. Like, has he got that weird pinky hummus? You mean Taramasalata? <laughs> no, no, no. I might have said that had I not had pinky hummus today. Um, and uh, an orange one with paprika. I'm just avoiding doing the trailer. I tell you, Coming the up one. in this week's trailer from Big Fit. What am I saying? This week's trailer. The be- <laughs> this the week's best caravan. Ca- Coming up in this week's caravan, we look at retracting beds, uh, shower units, and the fantastic multicolored gearbox. Which we don't have because we only drive automatics. Sorry, I'm going off the point. Coming up in this week's Big Finish podcast. Bada bing, bada boom. We talk about Big Finish Day 2018, where we announce a special guest. Special, special, special. And the rest of it's, you know, sort of just... Uh, you know, just sort pretty, of, you pretty know, rockety just doodah, doodah, isn't it? It's just, you know, sort of podcast, yeah. And the 50-minute tease is the authentic experience, a Doctor Who short trip. Uh, written by Dan Starkey and read aloud with dramatic fervour by Nicola Bryant. We also rock into uh, a little bit on the Big Finish originals where we continue our Attergirl feature this week. Yeah, yeah, where we go into more stuff with Helen Goldwyn and Amy Downham. We'll talk to Nick a little bit later on. And Bern Gorman is the special guest. Indeed. Torchwood. Owen Harper from Torchwood, yeah. What do you think of that, Benji? Torchwood extravaganza. Love a bit of Torchwood. Lots mm. going on with Torchwood at the moment, so do not miss out because, well, you'll miss out. So that was a sort of trailer for this sort of uh, podcast, sort of, you know. Sort oh, of, don't sort mumble, of, boy. Back up! So as Nick mumbles off into the background, allow me to introduce you to Nicola Bryant in... The Authentic Experience by yeah, Dan Starkey. So, 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 sometimes. That's just what I imagine you sound like in your sleep. Just sort of... Get away from me. Get away. Get the cryons out of my face. You're listening to a Big Finish production. Doctor Who Short Trips The Authentic Experience Written by Dan Starkey Read by Nicola Bryant Perry strokes the stubble on his jawline with a calloused thumb and looks out across the snowy waste before him. The sky has no colour and the horizon is indistinct. He watches his breath freeze in front of him and then fade. The butt of his rifle chinks against the brass buttons of his greatcoat as he resumes his march. The other members of his platoon spare few words. Olaf and Sigurd are from the same village, and so share something in common to talk about. But the rest of them are like Perry. Irregulars, crawling across the icy wastes, fighting skirmishes in a war none of them can remember the reason for. Something to do with fat King Gustav, or one of his subordinate princelings. They laugh at Perry sometimes. 
the way the tears well up in his eyes every time he squeezes the trigger, the way he pauses in thought at pointless details on their march, a frozen leaf, the shape of a snow-draped tree in the distance. Words form on his lips involuntarily. Salix, Macinites, Pykea Abies. Latin? What is he? A priest? A doctor? He doesn't look like one with his heavy brow and broken teeth. He is a man apart. He trudges in the melting footsteps of the platoon, their dark coats blanched by the white expanse ahead, and the wind chills his bones. Ten, twelve men crawling across the landscape like flies across a piece of blotting paper. Tiny dots in the emptiness. Perry's heels clanked along the gunmetal balcony on which the TARDIS had materialised, and she stopped to look down at the concourse of the spaceport below. Hordes of commuters swarmed from one transmat station to the other, some breaking away from the crowd and dashing in neurotic shoals, others trudging with a more unenthused, fatalistic air. Fast and bustling, it reminded her of being back in New York, of Grand Central Station at rush hour, but with significantly less grandeur. The overall tone of the place was grey. Grey suits and grey faces, grey directions in grey writing on grey signs, all illuminated by a filtered light that managed to be grey in its partiality. In their bright colours, she and the Doctor seemed rather overdressed. But of course, that was nothing new for the Doctor. This doesn't look like a very happy place, Doctor, she observed. Functional, I agree. This planet's a business and trading hub for this part of the galaxy, sometime rather far in your race's future. Most actual commerce and finance is managed by computers in this period. Then where are all these guys going in such a rush? Oh, your species does still like to seal the deal, face to face when they can, despite telecommunications, or face to prehensile eye stalk, depending on the clientele. Now... He squinted at a flashing device attached to his waistcoat pocket by a vulgar green chain. The source of the temporal fluctuations seemed to be down there. He pointed towards a parade of shops tucked into one of the spaceport's dingy arcades. Perry looked at the illuminated dial in the doctor's hand and... Olaf smiles wolfishly, dangling the watch in front of him. It gleams silver in the pale winter sunlight. See this? Most expensive thing I own. Engraved and everything. Can't read it, but who cares? Didn't bring any luck to the fella I took it off. He sees the disapproval in Perry's eyes and snorts. What? you never taken a souvenir off the battlefield. He didn't need it anymore, did he? He raises it to his ear and his eyes shine with childlike glee as he listens to its faint tick. I could buy a field with this when I get back home. If you get back home, says Perry grimly. You know something I don't? Perry shrugs.
Then shut your mouth. At least I've got a home. Where are you from? Perry has no answer. Olaf sniffs, then wraps the watch up in a rag, his stubby fingers moving with unusual delicacy. He stuffs it into the inside pocket of his uniform. There is a silence between them. Olaf looks into the whiteness and stamps his feet, and a thought occurs to him. That watch is worth more than your life or mine, he warns. So best you keep it to yourself, you understand? He flushes Perry another lupine smile. You won't believe how cheap it is! The woman smirked with pursed magenta lips and flicked her asymmetrical bob as she gestured to the beige facade behind her. Although we boast the authentic experience, rest assured that we take the highest care to preserve the safety of our clients. So, tell me, Miss Ebo, the doctor began. Amy, please, the woman snapped, about to resume her spiel. This technology you're using, where did you get it? Ah, commercial confidentiality prohibits me from answering that question, Mr... Doctor. Doctor! She raised an eyebrow. Well, well, I can see you're dressed for a holiday, both of you. She cast a somewhat supercilious eye at Perry before continuing. But you should know that you can enjoy nearly a lifetime's worth of experiences in less than one work cycle. Time is no object and we are proud to offer economy and quality. The doctor raised an eyebrow now. Time is certainly no object. It's far more complicated than that. A blank stare. Well, on the technical side, our engineer's taking his lunch break at the moment, but we can carry out the preliminaries if you'd like to follow me. Amy Ebo waved her hand airily and sauntered into the travel agency. The doctor and Perry shared a quick glance before following her. Perry reels back from a rifle butt to the jaw, and he tastes blood in his mouth. His opponent lurches forward, overbalancing and slipping on the ice underfoot. Perry springs onto him and they struggle, raining blows on each other. Red speckles the white snow. The platoon is engaged in a violent skirmish. There are shots and gunfire, the sounds of dying muffled by the snowstorm that rages around them. Perry struggles to his feet, one eye half-closed with the pummeling he sustained from the other man's fists. He manages to pull a pistol from his belt, a souvenir of his own, and without another thought, squeezes the trigger. His assailant jerks as the bullet strikes him full in the chest. His limbs contort and thrash. Then a stillness passes over him. The tears that his comrades have mocked him for sting Perry's eyes again as he crawls across the snow to look at the dying man. I'm sorry, he croaks. You need a, you need a doctor. He surprises himself with the inanity of the consolation he tries to offer and finds himself holding the dying man's hand. His fingers shake and he feels faint. His former enemy, however, remains curiously unmoved. He looks down at his bloodied chest with a frown that looks more indignant than outraged. It's not my time yet, he mutters with a distinctly petulant tone. Then his eyes close and his body stiffens. Perry begins to sob.
Oi, Perry, behind you! Anders calls from somewhere in the snowstorm. Perry throws the man's hand aside, whirls around and narrowly escapes the razor tip of a bayonet slicing towards his neck. He scrambles to his feet and draws his sword. As he thrusts and parries, he glimpses behind him. The soldier's body has already disappeared in the snow. Can the blizzard be that strong? The tourists lay in transparent caskets like sarcophagi around the edge of the stasis chamber. In the centre of the room, a control panel dotted with lights winked regularly. And this is the stasis chamber itself, announced Amy Ebo with a flourish. The doctor strode into the centre of the room and prodded the control desk with obvious distaste. A chronotopic projector? I haven't seen... This is Luconian, isn't it? Where did you find it? For the first time, Ms. Ebo's air of polite condescension was disturbed. Ah, uh, best if you don't touch that, Doctor. It's a very sensitive piece of equipment. A Luconian temporal manipulator. I thought they all disappeared along with their creators. It's actually a property of Exurus Holdings, PLC, our parent company. And I'd be grateful if you stepped away from it. Ms. Ebo's polite manner was becoming increasingly strained. Who are the Luconians? asked Perry, looking into the empty stasis booth. Were the Luconians? Insectoid chaps, all bling and antennae. For such a technologically advanced race, they weren't all that bright in the end. Ms. Ebo folded her arms. Well, Doctor... I have considerable experience in tourism in this sector of the galaxy, and I've never heard of them. As I have mentioned, this is private property. I'm getting the impression that you're not actually looking for a holiday. A holiday? The doctor was appalled. You won't have heard of the Luconians because they never existed. Not in your timeline, anyway. Ms. Ebo laughed derisively. <laughs> we don't do trips to Crazy Town, I'm afraid. They carried out unlicensed experiments in time travel using chronotopic projectors just like this, he indicated the control panel, and managed to erase themselves from history. I'm amazed that this bucket of bolts survived. It's a working paradox. Do you have any idea how dangerous it is? Ms. Ebo's hands moved to her hips. Look, before you start making accusations, this facility has a 100% safety record. All our tourists have a comprehensive induction and sign a disclaimer before starting their temporal adventures. And all for the fraction of the cost of a resort planet, I might add. Your business acumen is not matched by your grasp of temporal physics, Ms. Ebo. Where, or rather when, are these tourists going? Ye olde earth back in the day. Far too long ago to make any difference. It's all quite legal. I've got the paperwork. The doctor gave up listening to her and returned to the control panel. It's no good. I'm going to have to shut this all down. Your what? All trace of politeness had gone, and Ms. Ebo moved with some urgency towards the doctor. 
Perry saw that there was a situation to defuse, and she moved to intercept the woman before she could interfere with the doctor. Hey, I'm sure we can all talk about this, doctor. She tried to lay a reassuring hand on Ms. Ebo's shoulder, but the taller woman gave her an aggressive shove out of the way. Perry stumbled backwards and fell into the open stasis booth, which shut with a sharp click. The machine whirred into life around her and a debilitating numbness washed over her. She was dimly aware of the doctor pushing past the now panicking travel agent and staring at her with concern through the transparent cover of her booth. Then her vision bleached to a featureless, brilliant white. The night is still and clear. The stars shine bright above the snow-draped land. But Perry has no mind for them. He's been staring into the campfire for the past quarter of an hour. It had been hard to get the snow-dampened pine logs to take light, but now they blazed well, making Perry's face throb with heat, despite the chill of the night air. The surviving members of the platoon lie around the fire, sleeping after the day's march, and from burying three of their comrades at the site of the skirmish. It is Perry's turn to keep watch, which is fine. His bruised eye makes it hard to get comfortable, or as comfortable as one can get on this rocky escarpment overlooking the valley. Perry's good eye is absorbed by the fire. He sees shapes within it, Little orange suns are born, glimmer and die. Nebulae blossom in the depths. Nebulae? That's an odd word. neb you lie. Sparks fly up into the night, like sprites, like rockets, like starships. You've been listening to a Big Finish production... Cue the singing man. <laughs> Into despair. <laughs>